Welcome to Failed Architecture Breeze Blocks, where our editors share their thoughts on works in progress, urgent matters, and current happenings in architecture and spatial politics. I'm Kristen, current editor at Failed Architecture on the territory of the Massachusetts. And I'm here today with Kuwa Jasiri Indomela, the co-founder of Authentic Creations Publishing Apothecary. Hey, Kristen, I'm so excited. We're also saying nervous to be in this space with you. My first name is Kuwa Jasiri, and my pronouns are the one and this one. I'm recording from Shoshone territory. I am a seed steward. I do publishing, and I would say I literally create space for people, marginalized people, um, advocate for us, push to free up space for us, as well as notice and take up available space. Um, I'm also the editor of Fierce Together, a truth magazine. And in collaboration with what we're doing today, I just wanted to invite listeners to um, be a part of our second edition. The theme is reparations. We're currently accepting contributions of art and plays and articles and poetry and all the fascinating creations you can put in print till autumnal equinox, which is September 21st. Yeah, I guess I loved the take a breath as we arrive in this moment together with an intention to reconnect with seeds and land and self and purpose, each other. So on that note, Kuwa Jasiri mentioned the theme uh, reparations, and that's really what we're going to be talking about and unpacking today, uh, because in and of course, this is a very, very expansive topic. And, you know, this is just kind of like a short conversation of it. But I think it's really important to start really brainstorming about what land reparations means and how can designers really contribute to providing land reparations. This topic itself has been kind of foreign to a lot of design spaces, which is a bit ironic, especially in the landscape design field, for example, because it deals with land. (laughs) And we can't talk about landscape architecture or designing space without talking about land and how, at least in what is now called the U.S., is on stolen land. And so how do we repair and go forward as designers, not only acknowledge, right, to repair, but also move forward and envision a future where, you know, we can share land collectively and think about how this all kind of contributes to our collective well-being, including plants, including animals, and everything together. Yeah, I love that. I'm thinking, too, you're saying, we're saying reparations, and then you're saying stolen land, and I also want to take a moment to understand the complexity of land access right now. And you're saying reparations. So that is um, kind of a repair, a remedy, a reckoning for the descendants of the African slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade, um, the African diaspora, which is ancestry identities from Africa, the Latinx, the indigenous of Turtle Island and the Caribbean. 
And so those people are asking for reparations, which is to return the wealth built by chattel slavery, um, which I think initially, you know, you hear about um, 40 acres and a mule. Um, I think it was uh, also kind of shaped for a while as uh, cash payments, um, kind of similar to what happened with COVID. You get like some money when you are disproportionate in ways. Um, and so then we're going to talk about more how like land really rebalances equity. And so the ask of reparations also is to end systemic racism because, you know, after slavery, it didn't just like go back to anything. Um, so that's prisons, prison labor, tip-based wages, policing, cultural repression of all kinds, extreme resource extraction, limiting laws, and then just how this affects people of heritage, people of color, of all nationalities. And so you're talking about the indigenous people of Turtle Island. They're asking for rematriation, the return of their original lands, and their environmental stewardship of their lands, because they have a totally different way of interacting than colonialism. Um, they have like broken treaties. And then we're saying how all of this is happening right now to people of heritage, Africans, Chinese descendants, Mexican-Americans. Um, there's sundown laws, denial of ownership laws for just the land that we need, um, especially if you're thinking ancestral, just to survive or indigenous practices, basic needs where you get your food, where you get your fiber to make all the things that you and enjoy. I just want to say that land-based discrimination is um, an old practice. If you just even think about slavery, like we were taken from our land um, and just the separation from land as a way of to control. Um, and then to think in like right now, gentrification, denial of home loans, limitations, even when you're in a rental to actually plant in the earth or interact with your landscape there, like someone else still has like authority in that space. Yeah. And I mean, I think especially like environmental stewardship and the return of land and land access, like these are all issues that designers, you know, I would say coming from a landscape architecture background, uh, these are all landscape architecture concerns, things like, access to affordable housing or like dealing with climate change, which also c coincides mm -hmm. with land access, right? Um, and the dis disappearance mm -hmm. of that land due to climate change. I appreciate your mentioning this because, you know, I think that their representation in the field of landscape architecture also kind of uh, impacts whether or not these issues are even addressed or how they are addressed in a critical way. You know, I was just at a at a conference or an unconference rather, <laughs> and uh, and it was great. Uh, mm. I did this panel because as a as a participant, you can you know, you can make your own panel at an unconference, which is great. Uh, and it was just a conversation around land reparations and what landscape architects uh, can kind of contribute. Mm. It was really hard. There was a lot of silence because there were no indigenous folks on there. There were barely any black participants, mm -hmm. uh, and. Really, it was a lot of people in, really interested in listening, which is very hopeful, but it was just like so indicative. And, and also mm -hmm. somebody on the who joined the conversation even pointed that out. It was just so clear that there are missing voices in the room, you know? 
And at the same time, it's not like indigenous folks or black folks are responsible for educating anyone in those spaces either. Mm-hmm. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing fly at the listening skies. Let every sound loud as the rolling sea. I do want to move towards thinking about like, you know, what are the practices and what are the things that are necessary really for land reparations to truly become reality, essentially? Um, because I know you mentioned in North Carolina, right, there was a vote, unanimous vote, actually, for reparations. Could you share more about that? What do I know about that? In Asheville, within very recently, in this last moon cycle, it was agreed on. I'm not sure how long it was actually in deliberation. You know, I don't know if it sprang out from the recent George Floyd um, pushback for so many things, but it got voted on recently and uh, reading it, it's a little bit vague, kind of what you're saying, affordable housing, better conditions, um, economic wealth, you know, there's just really nice words, um, but no action plan. And that's kind of how I feel right now in the wake of uh, Brianna Taylor and so many others is that there's all these solidarity statements that lack like action and follow through and any kind of accountability, kind of just like you're sad, I'm sad. And we need more like remedy and what you can do because you're so outraged apparently. Um, so I hope that, oh, it also said there's like kind of like a, a committee that will form that will also engage with the community. And so that's really important to have, um, I mean, you know, how effective are these going to be? But it does have a community component, which is usually um, better for sure. But then also, does that affordable housing have a place to like garden and really reconnect? Or are you on like, you know, a multi-floor building with little windows and, you know, even not space to grow in your home in any way just because of your conditions? So. That's what I know about it so far, um, but it is moving forward. It was voted on. And as far as press, I haven't seen any, like, dates of next phase. But I assume they're, like, putting that committee together right now who will then give us the next thing. But, yeah, that is great. And I guess that hasn't actually happened before with a municipality. Um, so, it does give a model of things that can happen and ways to move forward. And I think that's important that people notice the models that are out there because people are doing the work and getting that information out and how to implement change and really have those hard conversations and really have those moments. I feel like where you're engaging with the community that's so engaged with the communities that you're attempting to bring in because I'm thinking too, you're like, I had a panel, but all I can do is have a panel, but then it's like, who was invited to this unconference? Like that was, you know, the root of what's going on. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like who's at the table, right? It's crucial to have voices of black and indigenous folks and communities and voices of, you know, BIPOC designers as well, you know, because 
they're out there, <laughs> you know. Um, it's not like they don't exist. And you are one, right? I, I, You're I am talking one. In, like, I just... third person. I'm like, we're right here together. Represent. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'm working with the with the collective, you know, design as protests, right? And so mm-hmm. that's a whole group, BIPOC led group, that is looking to ensure that we have an anti-racist future. And that includes uh, addressing land access uh, and land reparations. So there's really no reason for, for designers not to, not to get involved, especially when like urban planning and, mm-hmm. and landscape and architecture buildings, you know, are built on land. I think I'm thinking too, as like a non-homeowner, designers have a lot of clout to homeowners. Like if you, uh, suggest like putting things in land trusts and making community spaces like they're looking to designers like what's what's in right now you know that's your job to know what to suggest to people and I want to you're also saying what what do people need and I'm like to take risks to get vulnerable to be uncomfortable to also learn to have fun in that space and I think that's what gets missing the joy and the fun that is also available there and that like comes out of that space um just have those few moments of uncomfortability for sure yeah i mean i think that is something that i am noticing also um and i'm hopeful for those conversations is that you know there are there's this kind of fear to bring up ideas for fear of being wrong let's say and i think that it's about like what you were saying you know being vulnerable and open to these, uh, to these ideas and sharing your thoughts. So, you know, people are understanding. You gotta trust, right? Yay. You gotta trust. <laughs> right, and if they're not, you had a hard moment, you know, move on. We've had 500 years of hard moments, so. You'll be fine. <laughs> Truth, Truth. I think what's critical too is realizing how can a people obtain equity, equality, themselves, a livelihood without food sovereignty and cultural food security and these connections to our legacies of ancestral seed stewarding and the tenacity of our people braiding seeds into their hair on this transatlantic slave trade, into their clothing. I know the Chinese immigrants did this. I'm thinking too, the spirituality, the sovereignty of practicing your ways, land-based ceremonies, prayer, and a style of being that's interconnected with the land. We are the land. And there's a lot about climate change and being able to regulate the climate with a plot of land and what we choose to do with it. Thank you so much, Kuwa Jasuti. This is a great chat about just like, you know, what's happening out there for land reparations and what designers can do. If you are interested in learning more about Kawajasiri and this one's work, you can check out the artisticapothecary.wordpress.com. Please don't forget to support. We'll provide a couple of links. And thanks for thanks for joining us. <laughs>